Hi, my name is Nick Thompson and I run holisticvet.co.uk. We're based near Bath in England. I'm Dr. Brendan Clark. I'm based at Towerwood Vets in West Yorkshire. And my name's Dr. Connor Brady, the non-vet of the gang from dogsbirth.ie. And together we are they're the only words I have. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Hey, guys, I was just going to say, I, I know a song in Spanish. Um, uh, oh, no, no, no. No, I'm not, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna sing it. But they used to sing it actually on the streets in South America and uh uh I can't remember, it doesn't matter. Forget it. So I'll I'll bring it out at the end if I if my coffee kicks in. But um my least favourite my least favourite coffee. Sorry, sorry, uh, insomnia. Anyway, hello, Nick, do you wanna do an intro there? So okay. You would never guess where we've just been. We have been working very, very hard, have we not, gentlemen? Very the hard. Yes. The answer is yes to that. We've, been, we've just come back from Barcelona where we had a wonderful, wonderful uh, conference on the whole of the Saturday. Um, it was organised by Neas. She's the senior vice president. She did a fantastic job and we all got together. It was a, an online. So it is available, guys. If you go to the Raw Feeding Veterinary Society, rfvs.info, it will be up there within the next week or so. So all the information is there. Um, five Really action-packed. I mean, I would say that because because I, I love raw feeding. Really exciting. I love raw food. But it was action-packed. Um, I do a, a talk, and Brendan does a talk, and um, Nikki Kamak does a talk, and Christian Vergara does a talk, and uh, Amaya Espinola, Espindola, I think. Espindola, yeah. Sorry, Amaya, if I got that wrong. Um, she does a great talk as well. And so there's a lot to get into, an awful lot. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. But um, initially, just guys, just a, just a 30-second impression of, of Barcelona. Brent, where are you? Oh, with? Just Are you recovered? So great. Uh, recovered, yeah. I, I think we're all a bit more relaxed after being in yeah, Barcelona. It was just the energy of being amongst people, like minds, mm. um, you know, Enjoying conversation, not just in the conference, but actually, you know, around either day, either side, was just great, you know, being able to, to entertain ourselves and just keep talking about stuff. You know, we, it just kept cropping up in conversation, didn't it, about things that we were doing, things that we were reading about, the, the stuff that's yeah. out there. It's, it's just great. And that, that's something we've missed. For so long, we've just. Been yeah, I can honestly life. say, morning, noon, and night, we were discussing with uh, with with Nikki on the Sunday morning. Okay, we had this found this little bar next to our hotel, which was actually on a on a nudist beach. Okay, and even there, even well, it wasn't breakfast; it was kind of midday or so. It's late, <laughs> late, late morning, and we all had a beer or a glass of wine or something like that. Even in that scenario, we were talking about polysaccharides and the impact on the microbiome and the impact on the immune system. It was fantastic. That's a lot of fun that part. 
You spent a lot of time at that bar, didn't you? <laughs> I can't think why. You did more than everybody else, actually. You kept on <laughs> sneaking off. I'm going for a quick strip. Um, yeah, there might be some photos of that. You just be careful. <laughs> I think that was a male nudie beat, in fairness. <laughs> So yeah, no, listen, I loved it. I I I say this every time I do this, uh, but it, it I just find it very therapeutic because sometimes you do feel like a little bit um well not a weirdo. Definitely felt like a weirdo a few years ago. There wasn't a whole lot of people as animated about it as you were and as obsessed about it. Now there is lots of people doing it. And uh so it's just so therapeutic to be amongst everyone, you guys, meeting you guys is always great crack. And then um everybody else, you know, it's a good gang of people and so just brilliant from the very offset it's, it's just quite relaxing and you just talk about dogs for three days when you're not uh, talking nonsense so i thought it was fantastic like even even outside the conference which was was very enjoyable um you know even when you're sitting down at the dinner table you're talking about uh stuff you're planning on doing and then stuff you find interesting somebody says something and you think you're trying to write a mental note going oh my god i need to know about this how do i not know about this so um i just love all that i just come back brimming with ideas and uh I mean, that's why I'm in a car, because I was just like, right, I'm going to get that idea going. And I'm now up the top of Derry. I saw the Giant's Causeway this morning, actually. Um, and my, my battery ran out of power, so no photographs, I'm afraid. I just had to enjoy it by myself, which was a very strange experience. But uh, yeah, anyway, listen, so yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And I can't wait to do it again. So more of that. My strong impression, boys, was that it's a family. We have created a family of raw feeders, people who are really, really, you know, they're either super geeky or they're a little bit geeky, but they're on the geeky spectrum somewhere along the line about raw food, okay? Because, they, you know, they, they, they travel all the way to Barcelona. And even if they don't travel to Barcelona, they will be watching the vids, which are available online soon. And they are obsessed and they're, 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 they're interested and they're, they're alive. And it's a family. It's a family of vets, vet nurses, but also more and more, it's a family of people like all our Patreon people, thank you very much, Patreon people. Thank you, thank you all our podcast people. Wonderful, couldn't do it without you. What? It's a family, and that's really, really important because communities are, are dissipating in this modern society that we have. So if we are creating this family together, it's absolutely wonderful. And this is the this is is the future for me. So really, really exciting. It is. It is great. It is great. And uh, you you created it, Dick. At the end of the day. No, well, I'm, I might have, I might have lit the uh, with with some friends. Um, uh, we might have lit the blue touch paper, but everybody else is provided with gunpowder now, and it's you know it's travelling at a hell of a rate, and it's very very exciting. But it can only get bigger and better and deeper and stronger. So I'm really really looking forward to that, and that's the next year is about consolidating that and energising the raw feeding veterinary society. And what we're going to do is going to be bringing non-vets into the Royal Feeding Veterinary Society because it's kind of there's, there's just too much energy to, to share just with vets. So we're, so we're going to actually, in some way, we're going to be bringing people along. So please, everybody, um, uh, can stay on the edge of your seat because we're going to be bringing you into the fold, which is really exciting. And I feel, feel free to uh, send in your recommendations as well. If you've got ideas and recommendations of that, we're always welcome to uh, hearing that wow. stuff. I'm sure you guys are. I mean, I'm not involved in the yeah. committee of any of that. Sort of thing as, as the non-vet of the gang but um yeah i'm sure ideas are always be welcome there's always just loads of stuff out there there's always new things to be doing and uh 
uh, yeah, I, I'm feeling very animated about it as well. I just want it to grow. I just want it to. I want more of it. I mean, uh, raw yeah. raw dog food is exploding. Like it's exploding. Um, yeah. What was it? I think Nutriment used a figure there of sixteen to nineteen percent. I always use the figure one and five because there's heaps of people buying stuff in supermarkets and you know. Yeah. And and yet it's like you know. So we need that from the. We need the kind of more vets and vet nurses and whatnot to to to, to realize that and. So yeah, spreading the word and ideas and tips and tricks on that would be would be good. Mm. Yeah, the bigger the gang, the better for sure. When we do it in Orlando awesome. next year, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want. I'm a roller coaster. Oh, <laughs> it was to be on yes. Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Greece or something like that, actually. Or where could we go? Or could you? Where oh, could go? what about what, what about sunny sunny Wexford in Ireland? Well, I think Ireland, well, it's the closest place to to America, so it's it's, yeah. it's about ten minutes less on a on a seven four seven or what are the everything equivalent seven 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 these days. So they they'd be pretty happy with that. So, well, yeah, listen, but guys, we're we're on Patreon.com forward slash Raw Pet Medics, and uh, so thanks very much for anybody that can come on there and give us the price of a cup of tea each month. That is most appreciated, and also uh, you can check us out wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, thanks, Pete, for organising all that. You'll find us on Spotify and Acast and all the rest. So uh, do Amazon, pop in, and Amazon. if you don't get to watch the whole show, you can hear us there. What are we saying, Brent? Are we on? Yeah. Are we on Amazon, Amazon as well. Yeah, Amazon. Oh, no. So what were your what were your favourite uh, takeaway points, Brent? What was your favourite? Give us give us a give us a give us a hot potato there from the from the seminar. I, oh. I tell you what, I'm just gonna I'm gonna modify that. I'm gonna say, why don't we just do them bit by bit? Because there's there's a there's an avalanche of information. So how about we go, we do, uh, uh, we do Nikki's uh, lecture to start with, and we do top, yeah. top points from that, and then we'll move on through the various ones, because otherwise it's just going to be, be vomiting information. So, Brent, what's your top uh, takeaway from uh, Nikki Kamek's excellent presentation? This was the first one of the day. Yeah, so top takeaway. Look, even though they're pushing for... Um, you know, the, the big companies to put out there the uh, nutritional content of their food. And there's a whole section on how there's resistance. Even they cannot give them the breakdown of the essential nutrients within their diet. Um, but it's so important that we are pressing our raw food companies to spend those few thousand pounds to actually get their nutritional content so that we can help these guys. Now, for me, there is still, it's getting people to jump through a hoop towards FEDIAF and AFCO, and we've discussed that in the past, mm. and we maybe should do another program just on that, just to talk about um, those relevant levels. But it's about, she was very much definitely wanting people to jump over that low bar. However, there are some issues with that low bar is sometimes ridiculously high because of the nutrient content within those foods. And so there was a bit of discussion around that. Um, you know, some of the nutrients, for instance, are really high in Afco and Fediaf, like zinc oxide. I think Donna, you shouted out was was one of those because of um, the the fact poor that absorption. it needs to be in so high because it's so poorly absorbed. Uh, and you know, it's we've got to look at two sides of that. Yes, we want the nutrient content, so we can individualize diet plans for our pets that may need more of one thing or less of another. And I totally get that we need to, uh, to get that information out there. 
However, I'm also super conscious that there are people who are complaining about nutrient content not being the FEDIAF or AFCO guidelines that are going to whip the raw food industry over that, when actually there's a lot of work still to be done on how digestible, how absorbable the nutrient content of raw will be. So, yeah, oh, just it just opened a can of worms. But then that's what yeah. good lectures are about, isn't it? It's about yeah. making us think, Hopefully. making us come to the table with what we need to do to change in light of what's been talked about. Yeah, totally. Brady, what do you think? Um, I one of my one of my questions I put to her, I think Nikki Nikki was talking about um the amount of like what pet food companies do and don't do. And I asked why in in light of the fact of this Hills recall in 2016, 22 million cans of pet food out the door of one factory, not a single one checked for its nutrient content analysis. And all this talk about um, what they say is in the food. And, you know, a good quarter of our, of our lecture was kind of discussing that it, it can be most of the time, for the very vast majority of the time, it's done on an Excel spreadsheet based on the ingredients that come into the factory. And they work it out. And there's a scientific formula based on how long they process it for and what heat and whatever, what they think will be in the product at the end after they've processed it. And I'm like, I'm waiting for more. And she goes, oh, otherwise, sometimes it's done on some other, but it's always mathematics beforehand. And you're waiting for, look, I'm sure they do checks now and again. Hills proved they didn't for 22 million cans out the door of one single factory. But uh, I'm sure some factories do. But my question was, Nikki, do some factories, and I'm thinking about I'm picking on dry food here, but all pet food companies, do some factories uh, test their product after they make it to, to verify it? And her answer was, if they do, they don't publish those results. And you're not entitled to those results. Uh, and in fact, if you go looking for the results, they don't have to tell you. So as it happens, I was just looking for the Omega 3 and 6 content in a um, Royal Cannon product. I can say it because they're emailing me. And it was proprietary information. They wouldn't tell me. And I was like, mm. I need to know how much 3 and 6 is in there because I might need to supplement my dog because studies show these foods are deficient. My follow-on question was like, okay, Nikki. These pet food companies are not testing their products when it leaves the factory. We don't know what nutrition is in the bag by the time you open it, because maybe the pet food company held onto it, the warehouse, distribution, you know, and then you open it and leave it exposed to the elements. They have no idea, no idea of the nutrient content in those products. And I asked, why don't they do that? Why, do, why doesn't one company say, hey, guys, we test our products and we verify that the minimum standards have been met? And her answer was quite alarming. She said, because everybody knows the secrets of what's happening. And if you try and put your hand up about that, your competitors will, will say, you've got a few problems, buddy, and we all know what they are. And then it becomes uh, a slagging off match. And so none of the dry food companies say anything uh, because it's just uh, it's part of the game. They're all aware, mm, this is probably what's in it by the time you feed it to your dog. And I was just a bit horrified. I thought there was more processes in place, I, even though I kind of knew from back in the day of looking at this stuff, but... Uh, she kind of verified that. And so, like, talk about, Brenda says, getting pet food up off the floor. My God, you know, that's the, that's a, that's the floor. For me, because they have no idea what it is. What about you, Nick? What did you, what did you think? Well, I've got, I've got a lot of takeaways. I was really quite blown away. But um, what she did say was that if you look at the Wasava guidelines, this is the World Small Animal Veterinary Association guidelines, they say only deal, and I'm, this is off the top of my head, only deal only 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 use food 
from a company who has a, 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 a board registered vet. But she was saying, she was saying half the vets who are registered with these big companies who can afford to, 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 to employ uh, you know, a number of vets, half of them, they're in marketing and they're not even in food formulation. And um, that the, the guidelines say that there should be, you should know what's in your food. And yet when, when and as you've proved just now, Connor, when you, uh, when you ask them or when Nikki, Nikki has done quite extensive um, asking these guys what's in your food, they'll just say, sorry, proprietary information, we can't tell you that. So actually they're almost universally going against the Wasaba guidelines. So one has to ask what, to what end is the Wasaba guideline? However, however, what she did say was, and this really struck me, I, I do it all the time, don't just slag off kibble because it basically, uh, which I do do and I think we should do, but I think as well as the carrot, as well as the stick, we need a carrot. So she said, don't just sit and slag off, 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 off kibble, try and look for information to say why raw food is good and why real nutrition is good and why it should be something that we're all striving for. And to that end, she said, Hoppers act as gateways, just as, you know, certain soft drugs will act as gateways to certain hard, horrible, you know, life-threatening drugs. Hoppers, yeah, putting a little bit of, of meat or a little bit of herbs or a little bit of, maybe a little bit of uh, slightly cooked material on top of kibble, if people then see an improvement by doing that, then that is a gateway into thinking, well, there might be something within this this whole raw food thing, and so don't dismiss it. And and, and late, later in her talk, she said, "What nutrition religion are you?" Because we do all tend to kind of categorise. It's like you're either a you know a, uh, you're a you're a, a, a Frankenstein, uh, a Franken prey model, raw prey model. Yeah, exactly. Or you're a or you're or a um, uh, a bath or you're an 80-10-10, or whatever it might be. But actually, we all haven't really got a lot of idea of what we're feeding dogs. The reason that the raw food brigade, and I'm talking as a very broad church, the reason I think that we score a lot of points is because we are feeding the real deal, what animals have evolved to eat, and we're feeding variety. Where she was saying in the States, 90% of people in the States, and this horrified me, in the States, 90% of people just feed one food for, you know, a whole life stage or even a whole life. You know, it'll be a kibble. That's it. My dog eats the blue bag of kibble and everything's fine. Hor horrific. Absolutely horrific. Yeah. So um, that's definitely a key point there. Um, not, not flagging people off. She said, like, if you do that, they're just going to entrench and just you're not going to bring anybody with you. And that's a classic business yeah. thing as well. If, if you are just slagging off the opposition, you're, you just sound desperately weak. I mean, what? Have you not got good things to say about your own product that you can't just talk about your own company and big yourself up? That's definitely yeah. the way to bring people along for sure. Yeah, the toppers thing is interesting. I think we are pushing that. I think everyone is like um, kind of trying to push that idea. Then you get the whole can you mix question that comes after that, which we've dealt with a number of times. And fear that um, I think is happily stoked that that might be a dangerous thing to do. And you might risk making your dry food incomplete and all this kind of nonsense that comes with it. Um, I loved your talk, Nick. Just to say, yeah. Oh. Uh, no, let me not interrupt you saying that. Connor, go ahead. I won't stand in your way. 
I loved your talk, Nick. It was uh, delivered with uh, with with just excellent composure as always. But um, your nice use of um, case study at the end, which everybody said was just fabulously used, because you can get lost in the science a little bit sometimes, and uh, mm. and it nothing is as convincing as seeing a fifteen year old, you know, giant Labrador doing zoomies, you know. So it's just amazing. That dog in anyone else's hands would have been, you know, laryngeal paralysis. This is Karen's uh, dog, by the way, everybody, who we, uh, Karen was on the show a while ago talking about him. This is Newton. And, uh, but, you know, when he starts to get mild kidney issues, there is a set protocol you're saying, stage one, two, three, four. This is what you do when you see any sort of a blip in the blood, straight onto low-protein food and various bits and pieces. And down that ladder you're going to go. Whereas... You look at this dog who's still eating raw with enviable phosphorus levels, which we all touched on, and that was very interesting. Uh, and I couldn't help but think everybody thought the same thing because you structured it very well, which was like, would this dog be doing zoomies at 15 years old if he was on this bump and bump, 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 with a mild touch of uh, kidney issues, as everyone's going to have when you're in, in very advanced years? So it was just lovely to see, and it was a very great way of ending because you're left with a big, you're, left, you're leaving the talk on a high. And I'm thinking, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal that approach and I'm going to make my talk better. So I just thought that was a very, very well-delivered talk. Nick. Well done. Bless you. Bless, bless you. Yeah, well yeah, praise, praise indeed. Uh, one, one of the things I did... The fact that he commented uh, that he worked with us guys. I mean, it's just yes. like, you know, and he enjoyed it. I mean, where's that come from? <laughs> we normally give him hell. Well, <laughs> it was that... It was that a brown paper bag you gave me in the in the car park with carrying with, with lots of notes. That did help, boys. That did help. But no, it's it's this is a, an amazing thing to guys. Guys, what basically what I said. It's just saying this is a wonderful forum, and I suggested to people even if you just have a WhatsApp group with two or three of your mates, where you just say, "I've just found this. Isn't that amazing?" To just share ideas and maybe have a laugh. Just saying, "I'm having a we," you know we've variously had good good times and bad times and we've helped each other through good times we take piss bad times we're, we're there for, for, for the other guys but all the time we're just talking about nerdy stuff on a really regular basis which really gets us off i did praise you and i would do it again because it's been it's been a fantastic what two two and a half years that we've been doing this yeah it is. It's it's therapeutic on a on a on a small scale. It's great. It's great to have that. I'm sure lots of people that are doing their IPEC courses or whatever. You know, you you meet these group of uh, like minded nerds with uh, similar interests, mm. and it is therapeutic. It's great, great fun. You yeah. need it. Um, what about the next one, Brad? What about um toxoplasmosis? What did you What did you take away from that? Come, we made some comments about vitamin D. We've got to, we've got to pick Nick's apart a little bit because I think you know there was a. <laughs> Because there was a, a very interesting point that actually good old Nicky pulled in. Um, so this control of phosphorus, which uh, was a really important part to uh, Nick's talk. And we were talking about, you know, the, the relative absorption of phosphorus from the diet and phosphate binding out and things like that. And something that I've been doing is looking at using vitamin D to try and control those cases in more end stage uh, kidney disease. Um, and sort of realizing there's not always enough in the organ meats that they're getting. Now, Nikki sort of pointed out that um, from her research or looking into this, that they don't think that in dogs there is as much control of the vitamin D activation in the kidneys as is recommended from the research in the papers. Um, and that's interesting 
for me because I still see when they're getting into end stage, when the kidneys go, that actually the phosphate's phosphate fine. Now, if that's not because the kidneys are controlling that activation of vitamin D, there's another mechanism that needs to be found. Um, mm. And, you know, why is it that the active vitamin D, you know, yes, they may need active vitamin D, and that's why they're carnivores, because they can't get the plant versions and convert them so well. Um, but then it can't be just down to the amounts they're eating, which controls their phosphate levels and the feedback for their parathyroid. There must be some other mechanism, surely feedback mechanism within the system to control the level of active vitamin D. Have you seen any, any papers, Brett? In regards to what Nikki was talking to vitamin about. D, yeah, vitamin D activation, phosphorus, end stage kidney disease, but even even human human uh, studies, things like that. And um, Connor, you're the king of the papers. No, was the answer. Any thoughts? I haven't. I haven't seen anything either. Nothing. But I want to find them. I think yeah. it's something that with the a we should do a deep dive on that, and b we should. Uh, look at maybe uh, trying to up vitamin D in, you know, stage three, stage four, iris stage three, stage four, kidney disease, and see, you can't do any harm. And most dogs, most humans are low in vitamin D. So um, I think it's a really, really useful thing to, to, to raise. So thank you, Brent. I appreciate that. And we need to just check the type of vitamin D we're using as well. That's really important. Yeah, it, well, if in doubt, go for the animal. I, I'm thinking uh, liver is one of the best liver. sources of vitamin D. I'm going to, uh, so. post, a, I'm going to post a slide from Nick's talk where uh, you were talking about a study that um, eluded me where you're, they were comparing raw and dry-fed dogs. And this is really showing, because I thought it was just in cats that we had the evidence for, but it was the phosphates in dry food that's doing possibly the, the phosphorus, the high phosphorus readings in pets, the phosphates used in dry food uh, versus natural phosphorus. And you could see dogs fed natural phosphorus were down here on the graph. And then up here were the dry fed dogs getting phosphate. And a huge difference, not even, you know, messed around with messing around with, with, with the, with the X-axis. But uh, look, it was, just, it was just really, really interesting. I was so clear. And I was like, how could any vet look at that and see the study saying, if you feed dry food with phosphate in it, you get these pretty scary phosphorus readings. Uh, and apparently when you feed it via natu naturally via food, you don't. So if you are concerned about phosphorus and you are getting into a point of advanced kidney disease where these things do become a little bit scary, how can phosphates from dry food uh, be a part of this animal's life? It just, it just doesn't make any sense, you know. So um, I just I, I struggle when those studies are out there and they're not like on the front of the Vet Times. We've got some, you know, you get a, a hundred person survey makes the front of the Vet Times why vegan pet food might help your dog live longer. You know, a hundred vegans said it did. And that's the front page. And not like, guys, don't feed phosphates to an animal with kidney disease. And they'll go, well, how do we avoid that if we're feeding dry food? You know, yeah. you cannot Perfectly. do both. You can't do both. A couple of things there. Uh, Lorian is saying, how do we give vitamin D to dogs answer liver? Uh, and if they can't take lamb's liver, take beef, use beef liver. And if they can't take beef liver, use pork liver. So Also that's in really, some mushroom really supplements. So Eggs, if you're doing longevity stuff. Eggs are great. Yes, yes, yes. And Leslie Dipple says, uh, ask Jason Fung, and I presume she means that he has done some work on vitamin D and renal disease. He's, I think he's a, he's a, a, a renal specialist, so uh, definitely need to, yeah, he is. That's how he got into 
the obesity thing because he's got a lot of obese patients who all have renal issues. So that, that's really big. What else was there? One more talk. Guys, we, we can skip that. There was one more talk, <laughs> but it was Brendan. So I think, why don't we, use, we, we uh, pick Brendan's uh, <laughs> brains? No, 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 no. You're not getting off. You, you didn't allow me off. So why don't we do that on on Patreon just now. So that will be the, the bit on the side will be Brendan's. Yeah. Uh, cool. uh, um, uh, that sounds talk. good. How about that? It's, it's 1948. Uh, um, Connor, do you no, need I'm to okay. get... I'm at 1% power and I think it'll last about another five or 10 minutes, but let's just see what happens. If I get cut off, I get cut off. Okay, okay. let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, amazing. We could talk about this stuff all day. It was a day's event, but there was five days worth of information given. So it's just stunning. Really wonderful. Got to say thank you very much to everybody and the Patreon and the podcast people. We'll see you next week. Don't even know what we're doing next week. Doesn't matter. We'll think of something. There's a bazillion things going on in our heads right now. So we're going to sign off now. We're going to just nip over to Patreon to pick pick, pick Brendan's brain. Great. See you and, next week. Uh, and then we're going to organise next week. Perfect. Sounds good. Talk soon, guys. Bye bye. See you guys. Really good one. Lovely. Nice. Blind, 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 blind,